the dead of night, as people sleep, that is when the spirits creep. As the bell tolls three, dark things take power. We like to call it the supernatural hour. Welcome to the Supernatural Hour podcast. I'm your host, Raven. This is Rogue. This is Doc. This is Chad. And we have a new fellow with us tonight. I'll let you introduce yourself. This is Emmett. Welcome, Emmett. Are we going to have Emmett tell us a little bit about him, or are we going to wait for that? Who's Emmett? Inquiring minds want to know. Emmett is one of our um, team members. An equipment specialist. Equipment specialist, and we are going to have him talk about himself a little later in the podcast. All right. We're really glad to have Emmett with us tonight. Thank you. Let's go on to the business. Um, the business is brought to you for this episode by Castle Photo Art. Castle does a great job. We've just recently had a number of photos done for the team. We're working on our year-end review. It'll be in December or January. It's going to be a dinner at a Golden Corral we're still kind of working on the details out on that. We'll get more information for you on that. We're looking forward to meeting with everybody. We're not having any public investigations until after the holidays, but we do encourage everybody to donate to the Utah Food Bank. So go out and do that for a December activity. We'll get a page up on the advancedparanormal.com site so that you can go out and make a direct donation to them. We aren't accepting any money for that, but we would really encourage everybody to go out and donate to the Utah Food Bank. Holidays just get so busy with everything you're welcome everybody that you don't have one more thing to do although you know it would be fun to do one of these years what's that just kind of a dickens-esque thing that could be fun all right but we will we shall we shall discuss that later we i won't make you listen to me think out loud (laughs) that's a painful there are dickens-esque activities around but not with ghosts but not yeah it's true because I'm going up to the This Is The Place Heritage Park for Candlelight Christmas this year. That's Dickens-esque. But I don't think they're going to talk about ghosts. And where's that at? This Is The Place Heritage Park, Salt Lake City, up by uh, Hogo Zoo. We were there earlier this summer, and there's lots of activity in some of those historic buildings. Oh, so yeah. there, Dickens and ghosts. Ha! <laughs> well, not to say anything about Scrooge. <laughs> I won't make you listen to me think out loud. That's a painful, painful process. Okay, so I'm going to throw it over to Rogue. All right. Well, Rogue doesn't have a lot to report on either. So residentials have been almost as quiet as what we've got going for business. As quiet as a grave? We had one residential, and then the gal needed to reschedule. And we've got one scheduled for tomorrow. So we will have something. A residential to talk about next podcast, but the one we had for tonight fell through. And that's okay, because we had a busy October. So oh, we October needed a was so busy. Off. I've actually kind of liked the time off. But I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It's and it sounds like the one that was canceled is going to be rescheduled, right? Yes, okay. it'll be rescheduled. She just couldn't do it that night. 
Our main topic tonight is a fellow named Don Decker, and it's brought to you by Oteo's Restaurant. There's two locations, Linden and Orem, and it's fabulous food. We've actually been there, and you are missing out if you've never eaten there. It's really, really good food. So Don Decker, he is known as the Rain Man, but not Rain Man like the movie Rain Man with, um, who's that Who's that guy? Dustin Hoffman. Yes. Yeah, the graduate, you. yeah. This yeah. guy's not a savant. We'll start there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's something, but he's, he's not he's, a savant. He's half of an idiot savant? <laughs> yeah. He's the, the first half of idiot savant. <laughs> the thing about him, though, is he's pretty recent. All this went down in 1983. Yeah. And there's some really interesting information and some YouTube videos about it and an Unsolved Mysteries uh, episode about it. And what I found really fascinating on it was the police activity that was involved with it and, and policemen that were doing it, very, very credible witnesses to the activity that Policeman, happened. Policeman, uh, a, a reverend was there with the, with the law enforcement at the same time. Yeah, and, and they're willing to talk about it years later, you know, like with Unsolved Mysteries, and there was a, a more recent episode with him where they referred back to it and they talked to one of the investigating officers. So very interesting on the provenance of it. People were there. Yeah, we listened to three of the witnesses and they all just were sitting I mean you could just even feel it in their in their countenance they were like it's this is just the craziest thing and they we can't explain it but I mean you know they were we were there we saw it it, it happened it wasn't something that he just made up all right we'll find out who Don Decker is and what happened so what did he do he went to jail yeah. and then he got out of jail <laughs> on furlough that's yeah. right. So the story starts, he was in jail for um, accepting stolen goods. Yeah, Step receiving stolen, stolen property. property. So he's in jail, and his grandfather died. And so they let him out on furlough. Hey, you can go out. Go to the funeral. Go to the funeral. And so he got to go and stay with some family friends mm-hmm. because they were trustworthy. And, and he wasn't really a flight risk, and so they weren't worried about letting him out. And But it was interesting, he didn't want to stay with his parents. Right. What kind of came down was, uh, as part of this whole story, is this grandfather, who they let out to go to his funeral, had actually molested him on a couple different occasions. Yeah, from the time he was about seven ongoing. Mm-hmm. He'd also been physically abused as well, yeah. And so I'm thinking, really? Is he going to the funeral just to make sure he's dead? Yeah, get out of jail for a few days? I don't know. I don't know. Like, Verify he's dead. Okay. Yeah, make, I don't know. And I'm not trying to make light of that, but I'm thinking if someone abused me like that for that many years, I think I'd just be like, you know, just... Maybe he wanted closure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It reminds me of the funeral scene in Charade where Audrey Hepburn's husband is dead and he's in the casket and there's a group of kind of nefarious people that had worked with him and... One of them, I think it was James Colbert, walks up and he has a needle and he sticks it in him to make sure he's dead. Oh, <laughs> double, I remember just that. double checking. <laughs> and then he's it's like, okay, and then he walks out. You know, it's like, okay, I want to make sure he's dead. But it kind of sounds like getting ready to go to the funeral, you know, looking for that closure. This evil chapter in his life is ending. Mm-hmm. So here we are. So the, the house that this happened in has actually since been knocked down. So it's not there anymore. Uh, so he goes to you know this home, and it's the first night, and they just said that he just felt that something was just off. And uh, Don, that's his name, Don Decker, went upstairs, you know, to get ready for dinner, 
And he said, the way he describes it is like a deep chill coming over him. Um, He said he just felt really unusual, just not himself. He felt very disoriented. And then he says he fell into kind of a trance-like state. And he claims that he saw a vision of an older man wearing a crown. Um, And then after this vision went away, he had some scratches on his body, on his arms. And his friends, the friends' last names were the Kiefer's, and they were really concerned, you know, with everything going on. And um, Decker, just he was talking about the scratches, and he attributed those to Satan. Right. I'd heard that preceding a lot of this, he was pretty upset by the fact people were glorifying his grandfather, his grandfather right. who mm-hmm. had abused him. Yeah. And so there was a lot of really heavy emotion. Yeah, and that's that the reason he wouldn't stay with his parents because they were the ones oh, that were what a great talking about how he wonderful was. he was. Yeah, and so it's yeah, like, he had a totally different narrative and just got enraged about the whole thing. Uh-huh. The interesting thing is you've heard us talk about uh, poltergeists and we haven't really done an episode on poltergeists specifically, I don't think. We have, but it's been a way back. Ways back. It was a long time ago. But... Um, Poltergeists can be contributed to one of two things. There's two lines of thoughts, and I will be very clear which line I think. But a lot of people think that a poltergeist is a noisy ghost. And, you know, here's my Harry Potter reference of the episode, like Peeves from Harry Potter. Um, You know, going around just being a nuisance, being very noisy, you know, moving things around, throwing things. Um, There's the other train of thought, which a poltergeist is a person that has abilities that they don't know about. And if someone has caused them trauma, especially when they were young, um, they can uh, manifest their stress and their you know confusion and, and their angst. But subconsciously, right? Subconsciously. It's they don't realize they're doing it. It's a manifestation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I was first read about this, I'm like, oh, totally a poltergeist situation. Because that's, that's where I go. I go with that train of thought. Rather than the noisy ghost. Right. But he attributed it to Satan right out of the gate, right? Because right. he had the scratches. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and it was not long after, like within an hour or two, the Kiefer's are sitting in you know, their dining room, and there's water dripping from the ceiling and pouring down the walls. They said Decker kind of went into a trance-like state. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the, the water came. The water came. Mm-hmm. What? And they thought it was leaky pipes, and so they um, called their landlord because they were just renting. So they called their landlord. They say, "Hey, you know, you got to come over here. There's we've got a problem in the in the dining room." And I don't know what room it is, but I think it was the dining. Room. I heard it was yeah the front of the house is what I or the front heard. room, front room or dining room. I think I'm saying dining room because the the dramatized YouTube <laughs> video I watched it was in a dining room. Ah, um, <clears throat> so. The landlord comes over, you know, because of course he wants to figure out what's going on and fix the problem so his property's not ruined. As a former landlord, yeah, having having water squirt around in your house is not a good thing. I've had that happen, and I rushed right now. Yeah, you're going to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, so he pops over, and he walks in, and he says, there's no pipes in this part of the house. He says the pipes are in the back part of the house. And they, they could not figure out where it's coming from. And then, as they're standing there, the, the leaks got worse. You know, it didn't just, like, little leaks. It, it got worse, and it was raining. And this is when they looked over and noticed that uh, Don was in a, in a trance. 
And I heard the water initially was coming from the ceiling and then eventually started coming up through the floor. As and well. flying horizontally. <laughs> or flying yeah. sideways. Yeah. yeah, that usually doesn't happen and, and usually not inside. Right. Well, the last leaky <laughs> pipe I saw was not doing that. And see, one of, the, one of the police officers, because they called the police at this point, and one of the police officers, when they were interviewing him on the Unsolved Mystery episode, mentioned that. He said, here's the water, you know, it's dripping, it's running down the walls, there's like a fine mist everywhere. He says, and then, like, some mist just formed, just in the middle of the room, formed into a ball, and just shot horizontally across the room. I mean, that was from a, a very credible eyewitness. That wouldn't have been my first thought, was like, let's call the police. But I guess I do have a criminal in my house. Maybe you do call the police. <laughs> well, and that was one so of this guy that's supposed to be in jail's here, and now there's water coming out from everywhere. Right, that was what my <laughs> thought, too. And, you know, when they were interviewing called him, a plumber, probably. one of the supervisors, you know, told the officer, why did they call us for a plumbing problem? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's right there with you. But like I said, I mean, at least you could justify it and say, well, I've got this, like, inmate here. Can you look at this water problem I've got? But <laughs> I used to work dispatch, and people call for the craziest reasons. I believe it. I just rolled my eyes a lot. <laughs> There are even some interesting YouTube videos on those calls. Dispatch calls, I'm sure. Yeah, so uh, the patrolman I was talking about was actually um, a fellow by the name of Richard Wolbert. Um, He was the first person to arrive on the scene, and he says that he was completely drenched within a few minutes of arriving in the home. And he said, and I'm I'm just going to read the quote, he says, We were standing just inside the front door, and met this droplet of water traveling horizontally. It passed between us and just traveled out into the next room. And unless there's a lot of wind, water doesn't just float through the air horizontally. And I'm no rocket science scientist. Like, the craziness of the story kind of adds credibility to the story, which is kind of weird, right? Usually the more absurd something sounds, you're like, what? This is pretty absurd yeah, and again <laughs> who who the witnesses are right you know you've got you've got police officers that still to this day go yeah it happened i don't get it <laughs> right and so the other officer that was there his name was john badgen and um he said again i'm just going to read exactly what he said i literally had a chill going up my spine made the hair stand up on your neck that's how i felt This was a situation where things were happening I never, ever dreamed could possibly happen, and there was no way of explaining what was going on. They were just at a loss for, you know, we don't even know what to do. So at this point, the Kiefer's, who's, who's, uh, that's the house that this was happening in, Don Decker, Van Wye, and Van Wye was the the landlord. 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 Um, and the officers had all witnessed this indoor rain. And then um, they also had another group of witnesses. One of them was a gal by the name of Pan Scrofano. Is this when they went to the pizzeria? Mm-hmm. She owned the pizzeria that was across the street. And um, and then the wife, Romaine Van Wy. The police suggested that they get out of the house. Yeah. And I think the, the landlord didn't want to leave, but pretty much everybody else went to the to the pizzeria. All right. So they're like, you know what? It's raining indoors. Uh, go outside. Let's go get some pizza. 
Let's go out and get some pizza. I heard that the activity stopped after they left, right? In the house. Yep. In the house, yes. Yep, it says Ron, who's the, who was the landlord, noted that as soon as the group left, the house returned to normal. And so... Did the water just dry up on its own, or did somebody have to mop it up, or... or I didn't see anything on that. I am assuming they had to mop it up. I would assume. I mean, if you're if you're getting drenched, as soon as you walk into someone's front room. But it's a good question, Emmett, because okay. they didn't really cover that at all on the cleanup of that. I just uh, the, as the guy that usually has the mop, it just con- <laughs> concerns <laughs> me. God, dang it! It would be nice if it just poof went away. Yeah. Get out the shop vac. <laughs> um, so you know, Ron is in his house. You know, he's the landlord. He's, you know, as soon as everyone leaves, the rain stops. Um, However, as soon as they went to the pizzeria and sat down, it started raining in the pizzeria. Um, That was described as rain falling in the restaurant and spreading across the floor. And at this point, um, the pizzeria owner thought that Decker was possessed. And she claims that she pulled out her crucifix and placed it, you know, around um, Decker's neck. And she said that he reacted immediately. Like it was burning Like him. it was burning him. And the crucifix, she said that the crucifix noticeably had burned his flesh. And, you know, it wasn't just him saying, ow. She, she looked and thought, oh, wow, this is burning him. Solid demonic possession. And so she's like, you need to call an exorcist. You, you got some issues, dude. So they left the pizzeria, and when they left the pizzeria... Go to the church? The rain stopped in the pizzeria. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to get this man to help cure... The drought? The drought. Send this guy to Ethiopia. Oh, send this, send this guy to southern Utah. Um, so anyway, uh, they went home. The, re- the rain started up again. The, the rain went home with them? Yep. Followed, followed him home, um, and they had some pots and pans around, you know, because when it's first raining and they're thinking it's a pipe that's broken, you know, you put pots and pans around, and um, they kind of confronted Decker in the kitchen, and then the pots and pans started right. rattling and knocking around. They and were accusing noises. him of causing this on purpose, right? Uh-huh. So you're doing this on purpose, and then things got even weirder. Well, that supports <laughs> your theory right there. As they enrage him and the activity starts, you know. Right. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, oh, absolutely. You know, this is a a poltergeist kind of of thing, you know, with his unknown abilities that are coming out with the stress and the frustration. So it's already raining, and now you got pots and pans flying everywhere. But wait. There's more? There's more. I love saying that. (laughs) I think I might say that every episode. So there's more. So um, at this point, it's raining. Pots and pans are clanking around with, you know, for no apparent reason. He's being confronted. He's being confronted. And then he levitates off the ground and is forcibly pushed against the wall by some unseen force. There's definitely more. So <laughs> we got a lot of stuff going on here. And apparently the, um, the levitation and the, and the pots and pans would have been Don Decker, um, the, the landlord's... And the people that were renting and the tenants. Yeah, um, and and one of the really interesting things about this whole story is the good documentation, names, right. dates, times. You know, with so many paranormal stories, it's 
we heard from right. da 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 second that this happened third second and third accounts. But one of the, that's one of the things I really find fascinating about this is, you know, names, dates, times, people, locations. Right. Well, and it sounds like when this happened again, who did they call again? Well, I think this is what I think is funny. So the, the cops. So the policemen come back, you know, after the pots and pans, and, and they miss the first levitation. A little, little foreshadowing there. Um, and they, you know, they go back and they said, this has got to be a plumbing issue. Right. The police chief came. And right. Was and like, this is, Guys. yeah, this is when he's like, really? They called us for a plumbing issue. Go home. So, you know, they went home. Um, you know, the police chief said no and further investigation is needed. But the, the two police officers that were there, um, they returned the next day as a follow up and they brought friends. <laughs> it's becoming like a <laughs> freak show. They're like, hey, guys. You gotta come to this house. Remember the thing we were telling you about last night? Let's go. <laughs> so um, cops would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so they went back the next day, you know, to see what was going on, and they thought, okay, it looks like things have settled down. Um, then one of the new police officers, because they they took two two new officers by the name of Bill Davies and John Rundle, and John was a lieutenant. Um, they just kind of wanted to experiment. And so uh, Bill Davies took a gold cross and put it in Don Decker's hands. Just sit here and hold this. And Davies recalled that um, Don Decker stating it was burning him. So Davies took the cross back. And Davies describes the cross as, and this is a quote, it's not hot, hot, but it's hot. And then as soon as that happened... Um, and, you know, if you take a metal cross, it's, you know, I mean, it might get a little warm, but you have to hold it for a few minutes to get warm. Um, and then as soon as he took the cross back, all these officers, there were three, saw Don Decker levitate once again and fly into an interior wall, just like he had done the night before. But they, they missed this part the night before. And the way the lieutenant, um, Rundle, described it, all of a sudden, he lifted off the ground, and he flew across the room with the force as though a bus had hit him. There were three claw marks on the side of his neck, which drew blood. I have no answer for it whatsoever. I just draw a blank even today. So these police officers, they, they, they were clueless. They had no idea. Yeah, and they're trained observers. I mean, that's, mm. that's what they do. That's their job is to observe. Well, and police officers take all sorts of, of classes. They take classes on, on everything that, you know, that they might possibly run into so that they can have some answers. And, you know, they're, they're trained on, on drugs and alcohols and gangs. And, um, but not on rain indoors or levitation. No, you know, <laughs> and so they, they had no clue. Um, so the landlord of this, of this building... He really wanted to help this fellow because he, he felt bad for him. Um, and it says that he he could kind of tell with everything going on that that uh, Decker was not doing this intentionally. And so he thought, I've got to get this guy some help. Um, and so they contacted all these preachers. And this happened in um, Strasburg, Pennsylvania, by the way. And if you watch some of these YouTube commercials or videos, it's <laughs> pa. Pa. Strasburg Pa. Strasburg Pa. And, and what, what was the, the restaurant they went to? It wasn't a pizzeria. It was a pizzeria. It was the pizzeria because it was the automated, you know, electronic voice that's reading it. I love those. So it came. <laughs> <laughs> At first we're like, Stras- Strasburg Pa at the 
Pizzeria. The Pizzeria. <laughs> it's like if Alexa had a traumatic brain injury or <laughs> yes, something. Pretty much. Pretty much. There's either a lot of computer generated YouTubes or there's people that haven't read a stitch in their life. I tell you what. Okay. So read, folks, and then I won't make fun of you on the podcast. Yeah, while well, they're making fun of us on the podcast. That's right. <laughs> We're trying to pronounce words. Oh, yeah. Have you heard me talk today? <laughs> yeah. So I'm the pot calling the kettle black. Sorry. Um, so uh, they finally, after calling just a, a gob of priests, finally got one that would come over. Both Catholic and Protestant and a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And they finally got an evangelical? I think so. But they prayed. And um, they said while they were having this prayer, Decker would have sporadic convulsions. But the longer they prayed, uh, the more peaceful he became. And by the time it was over, Decker appeared to be himself again. And uh, the landlord said it never rained in the house again. And his furlough was over, and so he had to go back to jail. Don goes back to jail. Yeah, so I don't know that that was necessarily the greatest furlough ever. But as I'm, as I'm reading this Memorable. This, definitely memorable. <laughs> You're not going to forget that. Um, but as as I'm reading this and, and listening to this, I'm starting to change my mind from poltergeist to possession. So he goes back to jail. Is what we're we're at, we're at that point. Yep, right. back to jail. Weird stuff starts happening at the jail. At the jail, so same kind of stuff. So Don gets this kind of thing of, huh? I can control the rain. I'm the rain man. and so um he gets a little cocky and as soon as he started thinking about it the 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 ceiling in his cell started dripping water and so he's thinking wow i got the powers right he's thinking it's pretty cool um so there's a prison guard making the rounds and he's seen water coming out of the cell and so he's annoyed and so you know he's like what's going on and, you know, Don's like, I can control the rain with the power of my mind. And, you know, the, the jailer's like, uh-huh. Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> got that out of the toilet and threw it around. You well, done. he never did this outdoors, did he? I mean, he's really got the power of plumbing leaks. <laughs> yeah, inside. Oh, it's yeah, all inside. Yeah, it's indoors. Yeah. Right. In, in, a, in a correctional facility. <laughs> or, or a pizzeria, which a, a, seems a hard bizarria. to rig up. Would be, yeah, at the Bazaria. <laughs> at the Bazaria. It's Charlesburg Park. Yeah, and so, you know, so the, the prison guard's razzing him because he's like, no, you're getting water out of the toilet and you're throwing it on the ceiling and you're trying to be all funny. Ha <laughs> ha. And he said, um, and he told Decker, he says, if you indeed have these powers to control the rain, and he's being kind of sarcastic, I want you to make it. In the warden's office. Make it rain in the warden's office. Right. You know, if you think you're so cool, you know, you do this. Well, hell. Basically, he did. <laughs> um, the guard went to the warden's office. And um, the warden at the time was named David Keenhold. And he was actually a temporary warden at the time. And he had no idea of anything that had gone on at the residence or the, the pizzeria. And the guard enters the office, and the guard's looking around, you know, because he does have this, there's that little bit of a, hmm. And he's inspecting the room, and then he saw the, the warden, and then he just stopped dead, and he told the warden, he says, look at your shirt. And the warden's shirt was soaking wet. 
and they'd actually um, interviewed just in the chest. Just, like yeah. the whole shirt was wet, but there was a, a wet spot on the front of his shirt, mm-hmm. a, a fairly significant wet spot. Right, and and they interviewed him, and they said that he had just been sitting there doing paperwork all day, and there was no reason. I mean, he didn't have a drink that he might have spilled, or even leaned up against you know to get some condensation. Yeah, and normally if you sweat, you might get some pit, you know, some pit stains, but you're not. Your sternum is not going to be sweating profusely. Right. He said it was about the center of his sternum, about four inches long and two inches wide. He says it was just saturated with water. He says, I was startled. I was scared um, and had no idea how it happened. So, you know, so then the prison guard's like, oh, wow, that's creepy. Um, So when, uh, when the warden was finally filled in on what had happened over this furlough, he called his friend, um, who was a reverend by the name of William Blackburn, and said, you need to come see this fellow. And so he agreed, and he approached Decker's cell, and, you know, he was, he had been briefed on everything that had happened, and um, he actually accused Don Decker of making everything up. And this didn't sit well with Decker. And, and his friends. And his, <laughs> <laughs> right? And the policeman. And his uh, demeanor changed, and his cell suddenly became filled with a strong odor. And the way it was described, I heard it two or three times on YouTube videos, and I read it on the internet, described the same way. It said, smell of that like death, but multiplied by five. And then it rained again. And the Reverend described the misty rain, he called it a misty rain, as the devil's rain. It's interesting, you know, when you talk about smells, because you see that a lot with possessions too, right? That you have malodorous kind of episodes. Right. The ones that are the most common are the smell of death, a really strong smell of feces, um, or people will often say they'll have a metallic taste in their mouth like they've been sucking on pennies. Yeah, so kind of weird that, I mean, nobody mentioned the smell at the house, right, or at the pizzeria, but all of a sudden the reverend's saying, hey, I'm calling BS on this. Well, and you wonder, did the smell come because the reverend was there and the reverend was... Poking. <laughs> Antagonizing a little bit. Right, maybe. So when that happened, um, Reverend Blackburn said, you know what, I don't think this is a hoax. And he began praying for Don Decker um, and actually sat with him in a cell for hours. Um, and then the rain stopped. And Decker broke down into tears. And whatever it was that it had affected Decker has never manifested again. Um and this is kind of when he uh, talked about um, to the reverend about how his grandfather had abused him once, um, you know, and all he wants is peace now. So, you know, was it a demonic entity? Was it his grandfather causing a lot of troubles? Um, or did the negative energy put him at risk for being possessed? Right. I yeah, I still don't know, but... At, after after reading it and you know everything, all the all the research we put into it, um, I don't think it was a poltergeist. Yeah, and this encounter. this happened over several days. So this wasn't just a one night deal. You know, including going back to the jail. You know, after his furlough was over, so it was three or four days that this happened, and then getting the chaplain or the priest involved there at the end. Right. And then, um, and, you know, as we talked about earlier, on February 10th of 1993, they talked about this in an Unsolved Mysteries episode, which we watched, and I thought it was done very well. You know, this is when they interviewed 
most of the people that were involved. Mm-hmm. And they actually had Don Decker on that talking himself. Yes. You know, he was he was talking about it. So were, uh, like you say, a number of the police officers that were involved. And uh, I think the lady from the pizzeria. Mm-hmm. It was and they very had, interesting. Yeah, and then they had the the second reverend that came to him at the prison. That reverend said that when he first walked in, he was very meek, you know, a very mild person. And then when the odor came, he instantly changed to just being very dark and very heavy and, you know, very uncharacteristic of the person that walked in. Was the second reverend the one that said when it was raining, his his Bible did not get wet? Yes. Yeah. See, yes. and that, that suggests demonic, too. Yes. Um, he, you know, I guess when it started to rain, he pulled out his Bible. I'm glad you mentioned that. I forgot that. He pulled out his Bible and just started reading, and his says his Bible stayed just dry as a bone. Right. You start veering away from poltergeist around the time he thinks he can purposely command this, and then you get the odors, and then you get the yeah. Bible and the cross and all this other stuff. When I heard the cross burning, and then the smells, and then the Bible stand dry, I was like, mm. Less poltergeisty. More possessiony. More, more possessiony. <laughs> yeah. More negative spirits involved in here. So, just FYI, there wasn't anything that really happened with Don after this. Uh, From a paranormal standpoint. Exactly, that's where <laughs> I'm going with that. No more raining. No more raining, which almost makes you wonder if Grandpa... May was, have been involved somehow. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe evil Grandpa. Um, however, in 2012... Oh, Don. Don burned down a restaurant. But he was asked to do it. Oh, and he turned himself in. <laughs> he could have put the fire out if he could have made it rain. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I tried so hard, guys. The Reverend took my power. <laughs> Lost his mojo. <laughs> yeah, well, they had a, one, of the, one of the little, you know, when you pull up YouTube and there's the little teaser pictures, it said, like, rain and fire. Except the fire part was a lot more intentional, and like you said, it was a business that he burned down, right? Mm-hmm. But he did it at the at the business owner's request, yeah. right, to try to get insurance, insurance money. money. Uh-huh. And then I don't know, police just show up and they're like, "Hey, did you burn this down?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah and, and, and did you use magic powers to do it? No. <laughs> Some gasoline. And and yeah, there's a match. <laughs> there's a YouTube um, on that too, where where they talk about when you look up Don Decker, you'll pull it up, and and again, this is the the 2012, and it's the nightly newscast where they're talking about this fire, and they talk about Don Decker and that, and and in that episode or that news interview, they actually go back and talk with um, Detective Richard Wolfert, you know, and now it's been years later, and he goes, yeah, still. Still can't, you know, yeah, it happened. Still can't figure out what went on. But it was very interesting that even like 30 years later, you know, he's still going 30, almost 40 years later, he's still going, yeah. Yeah. The guy's charged with arson and they're like, and funny thing. (laughs) About 30 years ago, some crazy stuff happened with this guy. (laughs) So in 2013, there's a researcher from New Zealand by the name of Robert Bartholomew and he set out to try to say that this was a hoax. Um, you know, there's a lot of things we talk about that I think, eh, I think that's a hoax. But I'm, I'm pretty sold on this one. I, I think that it actually happened. But uh, researcher Bartholomew believes the rain was caused by something called ice damming, which is when water becomes trapped under ice on the top of a roof. 
Um, but when people said, well, what about the levitation? And what about the rain following Don? And what about, you know, the rain in the prison and the, and the and pizzeria? And the pizzeria, yeah. And he couldn't, he was like, yeah, I got nothing. I've had a home with ice <laughs> damming, and there's no way that's going to be confused with the paranormal. It didn't fly up from the floor and no, shoot horizontally? No, it just sat there and dripped in the windowsill. <laughs> <laughs> no horizontal flight. No, and I it, it probably would have gotten a Bible wet if I'd have put it under there. So. <laughs> Good call not to. <laughs> right. No, but just with so many credible witnesses that, like you said, Chad, you know, 40 years later, still are, you know, we can't explain it. And, and I, th- I think this was a real deal. Yeah, on the news report, they did say, you know, with the 40 years later, they said there's not a lot of the people, you know, that are still around. Part of them. They've just moved on from this realm. But the other is they don't want to talk about it. You know, the, de- the detective did. Uh, Detective Wilbert did. But, you know, a lot of other people, when they contacted him, they, they didn't want to comment on it. They just said, it's dark, and I don't want to bring that back up into my life. Well, yeah, it, it happened. They yeah. still don't know what caused it, but it happened. Like, yeah. This again? It's been 30 flipping years. Can we stop? <laughs> it rained. It got wet. It felt creepy. Don't it's know what over. I already told you, don't know what happened. Thanks. No, I mean, we've been involved with some creepy things, and, and I get it. You know, you don't want to dwell there, because if you if you dwell in those in those negative feels and the negative emotions, it's going to come up again, and it's best to... Move on. Move on. I mean, when negative stuff happens, deal with it, but you don't need to, to dwell in the negativity. So, I think it's the right thing for them to do. We're going to do our bucket list next, and it is brought to you by the Barbary Coast Saloon. Which apparently they have a fabulous brunch, and we have not been able to get to the brunch. It's going to be next year before we get to the brunch, the way our Sundays are working out. So, Emmett, bucket list. I would really like to investigate the Utah State Prison before they tear it down. We've got to get in there. So, we have two or three, four um, contacts. And we're working on that. And we need to film that. Oh, yes. So, keep your fingers crossed. I I understand they start transferring prisoners in June to the new facility. Um, So, it will be after after that. Maybe we could do it section by section because there's no way you could cover that in one or even even two sessions. It's too too big. No, yeah, that's that's definitely, hopefully in the works. I heard that they were going to move inmates out in the spring one of my contacts said he thinks that that's a very ambitious mm. goal it might not be till summer okay. so see what happens but yeah that's, that's 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 the big place so i've actually been in the utah state prison I it is kind of something a, wrong yeah. that's right <laughs> <laughs> they did some serious stuff back in the day. <laughs> in in the nineteen eighties, um, we had a did softball you make it team. Rain? No, I didn't make it rain. Oh. We had a softball team. We went and played the the state prison softball team in the state prison. It was a very interesting experience. Kind of creepy. Did you win? No, I think we lost. <laughs> and I think we were kind of glad we lost. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> No, they were very nice. the The team that we played was was very, you know, very good sports, and they were a very good team. I guess they didn't have a lot else to do. Yeah, a lot of soft. It's a fascinating building, and there's a weird feel about it. When you think about it, 
how many abandoned places and how many you know places that they do on ghost adventures and taps and all these ghost shows that are old asylums, old hospitals, old prisons, old jails. I mean, there's definitely a vibe that I think attracts spirits there. And for a prison, it would be all just all the negativity of you know the things that they've done and the remorse that they feel, or, or the, I was just going to yeah. say the remorse that of. they don't feel. Um, definitely a place to harbor well, some negativity. The whole idea of being, I mean, having your agency kind of stripped and being chained up or, you know, penned up, I guess. Regimented. Say, and regimented. There's a lot of negative feelings. That oh, we got a, lot a of ton that. of research to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've got people that we can talk to and get some stories, and it will definitely be, it will be an experience when we get in there. That sure. is a great bucket list item, though. Because not only is it a bucket list item, for you to get in and see it, it's one of those situations where the facility will be going away shortly thereafter. Time sensitive. Yep. And will probably be turned into a subdivision. Yep. Lots of townhouses. It'll be just like the movie Poltergeist, except it won't be on graveyard. It'll be on an old prison thing with lots of bad juju. Oh, I'm sure. Can you imagine? <laughs> great. Uh, cell block C subdivision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Death uh, row subdivision. Like iron bars <laughs> estates. <laughs> Just think of the street names you could come oh, up with. Yeah. Well, and this is Utah. They're not going to spell it normal. Be big house. You, big. All, you always wanted to live in the big house. Big house boulevard. You're home now. And they're going to spell it with an E I or a Y in there somewhere. <laughs> Paranormal junk drawer is brought to you by Utah Freeze Dried for Pets. You can find us at utahfreezedriedforpets.com. Okay, you guys are going to like the junk drawer. If you're one of our Patreons, you get a newsletter every quarter. I will spend hours scouring the internet for wonderful pictures to put in this newsletter. If you actually get the newsletter, you're probably rolling your eyes going, if you think those are fabulous pictures, you need help. I will just put in, you know, winter ghost, snow ghost, you know, all these words that are wintry Christmas ghosts, you know, to try to get some artwork that's interesting. Anyway, I came across ghost apples. Ghost apples. Have you guys ever heard of ghost apples? No. No. Of course apples. Road apples, but not not (laughs) ghost apples. Crab apples and crisp apples. I had a great aunt that made the best crab apple something. I was little. I've only had Tarts, once or pies. twice. Just like spiced crab apples. They were amazing. Okay, so... But now so, we got ghost apples. So off the subject. Sorry. It's like a ghost pepper, but with apples? Kind of. There was a, a farmer or a homeowner in Sparta, Michigan. He just happened to be the right place at the right time. This fellow's name was Andrew Sisema. And he was pruning some apple trees just after some freezing rain had hit. And we don't get, really get freezing rain in Utah. But, Doc, tell them about freezing rain. Uh, freezing rain is a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, you go out of your car, and you pull the door handle, and you just get a crack down your door. And, yeah, when I was in Texas, we had freezing rain. And I'm pretty sure, I want to say we had, like, four or 500 accidents in the metro area, and the police just stopped responding. <laughs> they said, nope, you're on your own. Exchange information. Have a great day. And, yeah, we were pretty inundated for a few days at the hospital. So, freezing rain. No good? It's no fun. 
So what happens, um, he's out there, you know, and he got some pictures. And I'm going to put this picture up on TikTok so you can see it because they are really pretty. It looks like something you would see on your grandma's, you know, coffee table in 1960 with her glass grapes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll have the pictures up right now. Yep. Um, but he called them ghost apples because what they are is they're hollowed out ice casings of apples that were never harvested. His particular apples were Jana Gold, but he calls them Jana Ghosts. Uh, He said he estimated the ice to be about a half an inch thick and that the apples felt like Christmas tree bulbs. So what exactly is a ghost apple? There's a professor of agriculture and life science at Cornell University. Her name is Susan Brown and Herman Cohn. I guess there's two of them. And they were explaining that the flesh of some apples, especially ones that are left on trees you know, late in the season, will decay to almost like a, an applesauce consistency. Then the skin will keep it in like it's filled with like a water balloon. And I've noticed this because we do have an apple tree in our backyard, and you get to this time of year and you have to go pick them up and they're just gross because you know you're going to pick it up and it's just going to mush everywhere. And these icy apples are actually really, really fragile, just FYI. But they said due to a combination of the freezing rain, the prolonged sub-zero temperatures, the ice initially encased the whole apple, but then the rotted apple mush just kind of seeps out of the bottom. Ah, falls out from the inside. Mm -hmm. And then it just leaves a hollow impression of an apple. So have you ever done like egg blowing? Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Weird that all of us have, but yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, you poke a little hole in the top and a bigger hole in the bottom, and you just blow the egg out, and then you've got this hollow egg. Shell. Kind of, kind of the same thing. It's really a a, a fossil in ice. Yeah, more than Pretty anything. Much. Yep. Wow. He coined it. Brown coined the term "ghost apple." It says what I love about the story and the exper- excitement it generated is that it showcases all the hard work our apple growers do in all weather conditions. Um, the fact that Andrew Saisema was out in freezing conditions tending to his trees allowed him to capture this beautiful occurrence. Like I said, I will, I will put this up. Um, a lot of people think it's really rare, but she's actually heard she, meaning you know the researcher, said she's heard from many research and growers that they have actually seen this before too and it's most common with golden delicious and john and gold apples i thought we were going to go in a different direction with this i thought we were going to have like bushels of air that we could sell as ghost apples we can do that too and make a ton of money be looking at for on advancedparanormal.com <laughs> slash ghost apples <laughs> I actually we'll send you a, 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 a bushel for forty nine ninety five. I don't know if this is um, urban legend or not, but I have heard of people that sold air guitars on eBay. Hey, you can sell air guitars. Why can't you sell invisible apples? They can do that. Send them a box. They're ghost apples. Exactly. They're not guaranteed to manifest, but they're, they're there. They're in the box, really. Oh, honestly. Okay. Hey, people made a lot of money with pet rocks. Ghost apples sounds cooler. Yes, it does. Okay, Emmett, we are going to pick on you again today because you are new to our podcast, so we would like to hear a personal experience. My wife was in the hospital recently for a, a serious condition. She's doing much better now, but while she was in the hospital, we were talking to one of the nurses who was caring for her, and we mentioned that, that we were... Uh, paranormal investigators and I, I told her that I detected a portal on the floor and I, I asked this nurse if she wanted to know where it was and she looked at me and said no enough stuff happens here I don't need to know anything else 
and, and so I let it go. But about a week later, as we were checking out, the same the same nurse was there, and I asked her if she was ready to know where the portal was yet. And she said, "Okay, tell me." So I told her it's right in front of this nurse's station, around the corner there, at the end of the long hallway. And her eyes got really wide, and she said, that, "That's right in front of room twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three. That's that's where all the weird stuff happens here." <laughs> Of course, I just smiled and nodded, and and she looked at us in a new light. I just love it when that kind of stuff happens. Oh, when you when you get um, verification mm-hmm. of, of things that you feel, yeah. Oh, I knew it was there, <laughs> but uh, the fact that she'd mentioned that it had a history to it too, and apparently was already known, that was cool. That's awesome. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, get your supernatural hour swag at advancedparanormal.com. Got a whole bunch of interesting things. Mug shirts. Tapestries. Tapestries. Check it out, advancedparanormal.com. Also, check out our shop at advancedparanormal.com for our sage sprays, our lavender and sage rollers, all of our personal made items. We moved a lot of those at the Paranormal Festival and the Haunted House. It's popular. Best seller. Get them for Christmas gifts. Ho, ho, ho. Who doesn't want to find some sage spray in their stocking? What about YouTube and TikTok? No, we don't care about that. Oh. I care care very much about YouTube and TikTok. What's your TikTok count up to? Yeah, I haven't looked at it for a couple of days. But I'm going to put ghost apples on so that everyone can see the ghost apples. Oh, that'll help. And then I will look. But the last time I looked, which was about four days ago, we had 1,627. That's great. And our YouTube subscribers, thank you for subscribing. We're uh, getting some additional subscriptions there. Um, If you haven't subscribed, go out and look at it. Um, We do add some of the additional images on our YouTube channel that you won't see just on the podcast. Things like ghost apples and those things so you can kind of watch some of the things. A lot of it's kind of stock wisps and advanced paranormal photos but we will when we talk about specific things we try to pull in photos that are specific to the information that we're talking about we put some stuff up on our facebook page but there's some stuff that's that are tiktok exclusives mostly because it's easier <laughs> but we appreciate that also become a patron um there's some benefits with that if you go out you can get our my awesome clip art her clip art we're gonna get new <laughs> that's worth the price of admission right there yeah, the new newsletter, uh, the newsletter. Our, all of our patrons get. And in the newsletter, you get to know what we're going to be podcasting about the entire quarter. And we just found that out. Yes, you did. <laughs> We've got different uh, levels of patrons, a $5 digital, and they go up with different benefits. So uh, one of the benefits is our summer party that every patron is able to attend. So that was a great time this last summer. And you get bonus podcasts. Like you need them. (laughs) (laughs) No, like you need them. There you go. That's better. (laughs) All right. Stay spooky, my haunty friends. Love you, Nicholas. Have a good one. Hey, good night. Good night. You've been listening to the Supernatural Hour at advancedparanormal.com. The Supernatural Hour is part of the Radio Ronin Network found at RadioRonin.com. Copyright 2021 by Advanced Paranormal Services.